Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Wow, it is time once again to talk running in faith with Run for God, Mitch, Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. <laughs> Boy, how about this weather this morning? Man, oh man, it's been cool. It's almost like fall. I know. It's, it's come, creeping up on us, so it, it's I'm around, excited. Around the corner. Of course, we just had a bunch of rain from a hurricane blowing through. So We've had two hurricane systems in two weeks it's come crazy. through here, so it's uh, for... For a guy that does a little bit of dirt work on the side, that's 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 tough. Yeah, for a guy that's just worried about his running on the side, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, are you in one of those ruts? You know, when you when you know you need to change things, but you just can't seem to get any traction on that. We're going to talk about someone who figured out how to turn depression into a great walk with Christ. And then, have you ever heard the expression, just ignore it and it'll go away? Well, did it go away? Probably not. And we're going to talk about that in Dean's Thoughts. So, Dean, before we get started, let's talk about this week's sponsor. Now, let me remind everybody, if you want to become a sponsor of Run for God, if you want to become one of our partners, uh, all you need to do is send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. Uh, Lane will get you all the details on how we can support you and you can support us. It's a great partnership. But this week, our, our sponsor for this week's podcast is Jess Burgess Framing Company. You know, we just talked about rain and construction. Um, and with the, with the housing market at a recent high right now, having a reliable framing crew is essential. Someone who is honest does what they say they will do, which is rare in the construction industry. I shouldn't say rare. It, it's... Uh, it's hard to find somebody that say say they will do what they're going to do, and someone who can get the job done with excellence. Jess Burgess, for sure, is a framing company that has all of these qualities. So if you're a developer or contractor in the Dalton or Whitfield County area, call Jess Burgess for the best framing crew around. All Thanks, right. Jess. And we have a Facebook post from this past week, and here's what it was. I was blessed to start out my run at 68 degrees this morning, followed by an amazing time at church with my twins. Then my daughter and I spent an hour on the beach. It has been a long time since I have seen eight miles. God is good. Side note, I experienced chafing for the first time today. I have been running for two plus years now. I wore nothing different. So crazy. Of course, I feel blessed to have been chafed, chafed free up until now. <laughs> that comes from Julie Wickard. And I love so many things about this post. You know, the, I, I love the idea of, of going straight to, I'm just thankful that this hasn't happened until now. Right. We so often, we get mad because it's happening, and she's her attitude is, well, you know what? I've been lucky. Uh, and I like that. You know, if you're if you're not part of Run Club, we say it all the time that the the Run Club Facebook group is worth the price of entry. You know, you can get away with talking about a lot of things on on that Facebook group that you can't get away with talking about anywhere else. Chafing being one. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of too much information happens on that page, <laughs> but it's because we're all open and honest, and we're sharing. Hey, I've got this thing going on, and sometimes yeah. that thing is something really weird. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah we we tend to get to the bottom of things on on that facebook group so yeah and julie again another household name um yeah yeah she talks about being at the beach here i'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this who would love to be able to just be at the beach when they just feel like it i'm not one of those yeah you know neither (laughs) nor am i Um, i don't mind being at the beach take me to the mountains but yeah i like the mountains better for sure yeah but yeah chafing is one of those things which is it's amazing that she hasn't chafed for two years right uh but i've certainly experienced my my <laughs> own uh my own uh, chafing issues um, there's a, and, and we there's won't a get into all those yeah but there are a few different causes for chafing right. uh, I mean, a lot of times it's your clothing it is you, you wore something different that's very often the reason um, although in this case she didn't change anything, a lot of times your stride changes because mm-hmm. maybe your there's a reason why your stride changed. Could be a lot of different things, uh, and then a lot of times heat and humidity can affect it. Sure. It's just hotter and more humid, and so your body starts to swell a little bit. And a lot of times chafing happens in areas where that swelling causes things to rub together that normally don't rub as as firmly together. Sure. So, uh, yeah. You uh, might be a runner if you have open and honest discussions about. Chafing. About chafing, yeah, yeah. I mean, and in places that you don't talk about otherwise. I mean, do other sports have as big of a problem with chafing? I would as think running so. does. I know football does. I've seen football athletes. Yeah, you yeah, know, be, I guess. Be, because of the the pads and stuff right, that they and the wear. Heat, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I have used uh, uh, Vaseline during and before runs a number of times in the past. Yeah. Trivia question for this week. Who is the last American male to have to have the mile run world record? Hmm. And this honestly surprised me a little bit when I realized it. And that's why I made this a question, because I would have thought that somebody else since this guy would have had it, at least at some point in time. Sure. Uh, But the answer is Jim Ryan. And it goes way back to the, the early 70s was the last time an American had the mile run world record. Um Jim Ryan was, uh, I think, personally, he is the best American distance runner ever to live. That's my opinion on Jim Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just because of the things that he did in such a very short period of time. Right. You know, he was the first high school miler to, to break four minutes for the mile. Um, and he did it a few times while he was in high school, both his junior and senior years. And he just, you know, he only... In the, in the 1968 Summer Olympics, he was kind of expected to win the gold medal. I mean, everybody thought that he would. And he got beat by, um, um, gosh, who was it? He, won the, he wound up winning a silver medal. Uh-huh. And what people didn't realize about that run was that the guy that beat Kip, Kip Kano from Kenya beat him. Kip Kano had an out-of-this-world incredible crazy incredible good race to win that race the thought was going into that race that 339 was probably going to win that race and ryan runs 337 well under 339 you would think it would have won but he lost by three seconds because kip kano just ran so well that day yeah and uh and you said this was the 1500 the 1500 meters yeah and they were they were at at altitude they were in mexico city so that's altitude yeah and so the thought of of a really fast race was just out of the question yeah and uh yeah so yeah that was an olympic record that stood for years Wow. It, was, it was such a good race. But he got, you know, he came back and he, he got pounded in the press for not winning. And 
the problem is is that the people who pound a track athlete in the press don't realize how special that performance was from the other guy. Yeah. And that was one of those cases here. Um, but this is the most interesting thing about Ryan. Um, when he was in middle school, he wanted to participate in sports, and he wasn't very good at sports. And so he, he did this. Is, this is a quote from him. He says he, he, ran, he started running because I couldn't do anything else. When you're cut from the church baseball team, the junior high basketball team, and you can't make the junior high track and field team, I, I'd go to bed at night and I'd say, <coughs> dear God, if you have a plan for my life, I'd appreciate it if you'd show up sooner or later because <laughs> it's not really going very well. I found myself trying out for the cross country team and running two miles, even though I'd never run that distance before. All of a sudden, I made the team. I got a letter jacket, and I started thinking, there's a girlfriend behind the letter jacket. <laughs> but that's how it all began. Uh, it's a great story of a guy who became maybe the greatest American track and field athlete of all time that couldn't make any other sport. That's how he wound up running. Um Okay, like I said. So how did you get your start, Jim? Well, you know, I knew that if I got a Letterman jacket, I could get a girlfriend. That's so right. There, there was my start. That was. That's, Isn't that great? That's hilarious. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, he graduates high school at the age of 19. He sets a couple of world records first in the half mile. It was 880 yards back then, 144.9. And then he ran 351.3 in the mile. And uh, those were the, the world records that he held. He, he won a bunch of other awards. Like the, He was Sportsman of the Year for Sports Illustrated, um, the top amateur athlete. He was Wide World of Sports, Athlete of the Year. And this is all sports. That's not just track and field. Of course, track and field news, Athlete of the Year. Um, he won a couple of times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, great, great athlete. If you don't know much about him. Um, we need to try to get him on this podcast. Yeah, he's a great Christian. Yeah, um, does does a lot. He was in politics for a while, I believe. Yes. Um, yeah, maybe yeah. if anybody out there knows Jim Ryan, have him reach out to us. We'd love to have him on this podcast. He'd be we, an interesting guy to talk to. For sure, for sure. His uh, his junior American record, the fifteen hundred, was just recently broken. Really? So yeah, from the from the sixties, and wow. Hobbs Kessler just broke it. I mean, that's oh, wow. how long it, it stood. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So anyway, he was uh, just a great. He was the youngest athlete ever to participate in the Olympics um, from the Ameri from for track and field from the United States. Um, he, the The next youngest is Carry On Knight. We just had him in the Olympics, and he was 17 years old too, just a little bit older than Ryan was. So, mm. yeah, interesting story. If you don't know about Jim Ryan, go check him out. Um, like I said, he's a great guy. He and his wife, Anne, um, do uh, a lot of stuff in the community. They're very good, good Christian folks. Um, yeah. They live out their faith, um, and, and they're, they're, they're just good folks. Yeah. All right, Dean, so we've got, um, we've got a challenge coming up. The Coaching the Marathon Challenge Challenge. And people are accepting the challenge. Yeah. They are they're they are accepting accepting the challenge. So what is the what is the coaching the marathon challenge challenge? So we're we're asking you to do a little bit more. You know, up until this point we've just been asking you to think about it, to pray about it, talk to your family, talk to your church, your community, whoever. Now we want you to take a little bit of action. You know, we we now have the um, coaching page up 
on Run for God Run Club. So if you log in, go click on the coaching button, you can find out all the information now on what's going on next year. We've got the the races up. We're going to be graduating uh, in 2023 at the um, the Big Beach Marathon. Is it the Big Beach Marathon? Big Beach Marathon. Yeah, in Gulf Shores, in Alabama. Gulf Shores, Alabama. Uh, great organization. We're going. You're going to be hearing a lot more about them as well. We also have a half marathon in North Carolina that we'll all meet up for those who can make it. Um, of course, we've got the the 5K in Dalton, which is free. If you're a member of Run Club, you come and run that for free. We also have the um, the unstructured 10K that you're going to hear a lot more about from from the Hawkins clan. If you all know um, the Hawkins clan, you see them a lot on, on the Facebook group. Uh, Angie and Patrick, great supporters of Run for God, and they've agreed to kind of take on a little bit different 10K than you're used to. Yeah. Uh, you can do it live, but if you come and do it live, it's not going to look the same as a normal race. Yeah. Um, more to come on that. Or you can join them virtually. And it's going to kind of be a fundraiser for Run for God. So we got a lot of cool things lined up for next year. But what do you need to do right now? If you're listening to this and you've been hearing me say, I challenge you, I challenge you, and maybe you feel, you know, the Lord prompting you to, to accept this challenge, go to the coaching tab at the Run for God Run Club um, webpage, and you'll find out all the information. Basically, you and I, Dean, we're going to be doing most of the heavy lifting. We're going to be we're going to be teaching the curriculum every week. Uh, we're going to be still doing the the Facebook lives every week, uh, and, and we'll also be talking about the curriculum on the Facebook lives on Thursday starting next year. Um, so we've got a lot of interaction going on next year. Basically, what we need coaches to do, you can you can call it coaching, you can call it instructing, you can call it facilitating, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. We don't mind, but we need you to go out into your communities and identify those people who would love the idea of running a 5K. Now, why do I say a 5K? Because that's step one. We don't yeah. want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. You're, you're going to start a 5K challenge in your community starting in January, and then you're going to ease people into the idea of running a marathon. Now, you may know people out there who you know they want to run a marathon. And so, yeah. by all means, let them dive right in. But this is a four-step process. It's a 5K, it's a 10K, it's a half marathon, and it's a marathon. We need you to get people in your community to follow along with us on this journey in 2022 because we have no doubt that it's not only going to change your students' lives, but it's going to change your life. Teaching, we've seen it over and over. You've experienced it. I've experienced it. It gives you a completely different perspective on this sport and on this ministry, and we want you to take the plunge and join us this January. I challenge you. A hundred percent. Everything you just said was true and accurate, and it's going to get even better as we go. It's going to be a lot of fun next year. It is going to be a lot of fun next year. All right, we are sponsored by J Radio, the world's greatest digital music platform. Go check them out. You get up early before the kids for your morning workout. Spend some time studying or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Lord, feel it in my heart. I feel it in my 
whatever the moment. J Radio has you covered. Get your account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. All right, we're back. And you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com if you've got questions about things. We are certainly open to uh, trying to help you with the things that we can. And don't ask me real detailed medical questions because I don't know medical stuff. You know, you're I'm not, you're a, not a doctor. I'm definitely not a doctor. I, I didn't even play one on TV. So, uh, so yeah, don't, don't ask me too many medical questions. But uh, <laughs> if you're looking for some running advice, then let me know at dean at runforgod.com. Now, let's stop right here just a second. I just completely cut you off, yeah, didn't you did. I? That's awesome. So you're about to talk about sharing your story yeah. and how everybody has a story. That's don't right. say you don't have a story because somebody needs to hear your story. We have an all-new Submit Your Story uh, link on our website. So you can go down to the bottom of Run For God Run Club. Just go to the bottom of the page and click on Submit Your Story. And... We used to have it on runforgod.com, and that's another thing. Runforgod.com and Run For God Run Club is very close to becoming one website now. So for those out there who are saying it's a little bit confusing, we get it. We understand that's all about to come together. But go to the bottom of Run For God Run Club, click on Submit Your Story, and we walk you through step-by-step. Step. It's very easy to do. We even give you the word count, you know, how yeah. many words you need to do. Yeah. Um, but it's very easy doesn't take long at all and if you're a member of run club you're going to go where to the front of the line yeah that's right we we'll get, get to be to yeah we'll, we'll get you on here as quickly as possible um yeah so we want to hear your story and you know what we've had a few people that have shared their story live if mm -hmm. you can get here we'll have you in live and we'll we'll do that that'll be fun well have you ever been in a rut you know, depression is a real thing. I remember I had a Sunday school teacher one time who was, she was one of those people who you just felt like she had everything together. She was the Christian's Christian. She was, she was so focused and so, I mean, you just felt, I mean, you felt like the Holy Spirit walked in the room when she walked in. You know, she was just that type of person. She was actually the preacher's wife. And uh, she shared her story of depression and about how she, she, she wanted to take her own life. It was that bad. And that, that cued me in at that time because I had always thought, well, depression seems like, I don't, think, I don't know if I kind of felt this way fully, but it's like depression was weird and it, it felt like it was kind of for weak people and stuff. And I saw this really, really strong person that I knew mm -hmm. who struggled with depression. And I realized depression is, is something that's, we just, if you've never been through it, you can't, can't understand it. Yeah. Um, but things can change. It did for her. Um, and she shared her story with us then. Uh, but this is, is kind of one of those stories. Mm -hmm. And it comes from John Folsom from Champaign, Illinois. And the story is called Turnover. Turnover, as most people know, is the act of bringing the rear roll-off foot forward, which assists in the, the opposing foot with a counterbalance for propulsion. Without it, the body remains stagnant and no movement occurs. What most people don't know is that it also illustrates my Christian walk with Christ. Let me explain. Ten years ago, I got hit with depression. No turnover. I don't mean I'm really sad today. I mean I almost let it take my life. Sitting in a running car in a closed garage seemed like a good way to go. Peaceful. Quiet. Fortunately, 
God had a plan for me. And it didn't involve my wife, Julie, or three boys, Corbin, Owen, and Jude, to be on their own. Medicines were a joke, and I was exhausting my options. Like a lot of people, I suspect running got me, start, running got me started down the path to recovery. During my runs, I found that it was an excellent time to commune with God. I could use that one-on-one time to discover Him and learn how to get healed. My turnover had started. By our Father's grace and mercy, He showed me how to get one foot in front of the other. I intentionally planned my training runs when I knew I would be depressed the most. I returned from them encouraged and uplifted rather than being down and out. Jane Seeley, editor of Marathon and Beyond, once told me, So what's a few hills? After I tried to come to her with excuses about putting off my training runs. The words stuck because of the, because of the great metaphor it is for life. The path from depression to destiny certainly has its share of hills. But when I'm focused and holding on diligently to what is most important, faith, family, and friends, they're very manageable. I'm a Clydesdale runner through and through, which means I, ha- I am genetically disproportionate to the models on the cover of your favorite running magazine. I am 0% Kenyan, and you, if you know what I mean. I am not setting any land speed records here. I have left depression, excuse me, having left depression behind, I was excited to be anywhere God would have me at any pace. The occasional 5K quickly gave way to my first marathon. I started serving the church and went on a few mission trips to the Dominican Republic. God was increasing my turnover faster than I had ever imagined after losing months of my life isolated in a dark room. I clung to Romans 5, 1 through 5, which tells us that suffering produces perseverance, which builds character, which leads to hope. When trying to fathom the power and perfect love that God has for us, hope in Hope in that fact seems to overwhelm our hearts and want to succeed and seek His will. I continued on with a few more marathons and grew daily as a Christian. A friend eventually talked me into running the Lake Tahoe Triple Half Marathon for my 40th birthday, a half marathon a day for three days. What I didn't know at that time, or the time I registered, was that God had more plans for my turnover. I was witness to the beauty of his creation, becoming his hands and feet to the other runners, and I also introduced the next phase of his plan, leading a run-for-God ministry in my church. He brought me out of the darkness and into the most breathtaking views to give me that Romans 5 moment of hope through my suffering, and if you have run the course, you know what, you know I mean suffering. He turned my cul-de-sac faith into a conduit. It rem- reminded me of a quote from Dr. Tony Evans. God will bless you when he will God will bless to you when he can bless through you. Run for God is now in its third year at our church with 5K, 10K and half marathon training groups. I have become an elder and am co-facilitating a men's class. God has certainly redefined turnover in my life. He has my feet moving at an unprecedented pace. He has a plan of greatness for your life too. You have a unique, never-to-be-lived-again life that he wants to seek if you will trust him with it. Regardless of where you've been in life or where you are now, understand that he does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Maybe you've already heard him and have gotten those feet going in response to him, but how comfortable have you become? 
Just like your training runs, growth comes when you're uncomfortable. Continue to listen to him and always make yourself better than you once were. Moses was a murderer who fed a nation. Abraham was an elderly man who became the father of many nations. And I was a depressed and stagnant man who has become his hands and feet in my home, my church, and my community. If you haven't created turnover with the feet of your Christian run, start today and discover his greatness for you. Man, that's a great story, John, if you're listening. Um, I I love these type of stories. Yeah. Yeah, this and the concept of turnover is a little bit different spin mm-hmm. on the on kind of the same story that we've heard, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think about an engine that won't start. You know, we've all gotten into a car and you turn it over and you turn it over and it won't start. Right. Um, and it and it drives you crazy. And sometimes you feel that way in life. Yeah. Like you're you're turning that car over and it just won't catch. Right. And that's kind of what he was talking about here. Um, yeah. And, and, and you know that missing ingredient in that car. You know, it could be a could be it's not getting a spark or it could be that you know maybe it's out of gas or the you know it's not getting gas for some reason there could be a lot of reasons mm-hmm. for that problem to happen and the truth is, is in our life when when we're turning over like that god provides mm-hmm. the the gas the spark the whatever it is that we need if we'll turn to him and and look for it look at him for it sure romans 5 3 and 4 And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. You know, I think this verse is very timely. Um, We're we're deep into the half marathon training, and and how many people out there are being tested by their runs and walks right now? Yeah, it's true. We've just come off of August. It's hot. It's humid. You know, it's raining. What, whatever it is, those are those are trials that really test our our physical character. Um, and it, it's just another example of how our sport parallels so well with our walk with Christ because we have those same things. We have those. I don't have time. I don't feel like I can't get to it. What, whatever it is, the same excuses we give for not getting out there and getting our training in. Many of those are the same exact excuses that we get for not getting in the Word and, and spending time with God. And many times that creates a pattern. Yeah. And if we can break that pattern, it'll not only make us a better runner, mm-hmm. but it'll also make us a better follower of Christ because the two go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, and it leads to hope. And I, I wrote down this this uh, phrase that that I think I I, kind of, I'm, I probably improvised it a little bit, but I heard some of this, and it says, "Hope when you break it down is a confident and joyful expectation." I like that. Yeah, it's a it's a great great way to look at it. And the, the truth is, is that when we suffer, we look for God. Mm-hmm. We notice Him, you know, and and that's that's part of it. Mm-hmm. If we don't notice him, we can't get to the end product, which is hope, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I've thought about depression before. In the past, I've thought about it as it's it's going through hardships without hope. Yeah. To me, depression, the only thing that makes hardships different is either there's hope or there's not. And if there's a lack of hope, then that leads to depression. But, you know, God's Word is clear. We're going to go through hardships. Yeah. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. That's yeah. that's not a picture of ease and 
yeah. you know, coasting through our walk with Christ. It's a picture of hardships, but he also gives us a promise that it's worth it. So it, I, I, I see it. I'm, I'm saying this and not thinking it through all the way, so you, you may tear this apart, but I don't see how you could be have to. I don't say you could be depressed about following Christ because of the hardships, because there's a promise there. Yeah, there's a there's an outcome that gives you hope. Without that, without without the resurrection, it would be depressing. It would be, yeah. But we we have that hope. We have that promise from God that it's all worth it, and we can go through a lot in this life. Yeah. If we have something to cling to. Yeah. And, you know, there's no song, cling to the old rugged cross. It, it's, I, I, I'm not giving this a lot of thoughts, so, <laughs> but I, I think, I think it's, I think that's appropriate that as Christians, and, and do Christians struggle with depression? Absolutely. But it's, it's not that, it's not their faith. Yeah, it's it's, it's not something because else. of that. It's it's a whole chemical thing. We we have we we have something to hold on to, and so therefore we're willing to go through the hardships. And in fact, we have joy many times in the hardships. You know, we we talk about Paul a lot of times on here. Paul from the outside world had a lot to be depressed about. <laughs> you got that right. But yet, him and Silas are sitting in the jail cell singing yeah. praises to God, yeah. because they had that hope, and that is—that's the most comforting thing about our our faith. Yeah, is that we do have hope. That's right. That's right. Yep. And that's where we need to hang our hat. Proverbs three five says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding." We I think we we've, we've gone over this verse mm-hmm. before. Um, and I, I think um, I think about a bridge. I remember this is this goes to the trust. This yeah. whole idea of trust. I remember when when um, when I was a kid, we had this this bridge, and it was it was partially torn down, and it was actually used for a, a movie uh, at hmm. one time. It was partially torn down, and we would, we would we would go over there and we'd play on this bridge. Well, <clears throat> you what was your did. mama? Yeah. <laughs> You weren't that, supposed to be there. That were was a you? whole different time. <laughs> that was that was. We left in the morning and we got home in the evening, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And there were a couple of times, you know, we fell in the water because the board broke. We fell through, and you know, we'd get back out of the water. We'd be soaking wet. We'd be muddy and <laughs> and everything else. But when I approached that bridge, I never trusted it. Mm. You know, I would I walked to that bridge, and you always had to kind of feel your way forward. Um, and never feeling good about that next step. Because it had let you down. Because, yeah. Literally. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I, I compare that bridge, that this idea of, of being so careful trying, trying to get across it, to a bridge that on, on the loop in Dalton that I run across all the time that mm-hmm. goes across the interstate. It doesn't cross my mind even that I'm running across a bridge hardly. Right. Because I, I, I have a hundred percent confidence that every step I take, I'm, I'm good, um, and that's the difference I think mm-hmm. in trusting God and not trusting God. Is if we're if we're approaching things as if God is not the second bridge, 
right. then if we're approaching things as if we're walking across that first bridge, then we're not trusting God, right? right? I mean, that's, that's kind of the way I look <laughs> Good at Good analogy, it. Dean. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then he, he talks about, it says, lean not on your own understanding. <laughs> <laughs> that's hard to do. Yeah, well, when you when we use our wisdom instead of God's wisdom, mm-hmm. it's like we're walking across that first bridge. Yeah. Because <laughs> we we're, we're going to help God out. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to wind up in the water. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's the way it usually happens with me. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, he talks about acknowledging him in, in everything that we do. And that includes our running, right? That includes everything that we do. Mm-hmm. I, I think we look at that. We don't, I don't think we look at that word everything. Seriously yeah. enough. It's everything. Right? Um and of course, he ends that that phrase ends with, and then he makes our path straight. When we do that, when right. we approach that solid bridge with every confidence, and we don't lean on what we think, but what he thinks and where he's guiding us, then our paths are made straight. Second Timothy four five. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. You know, we always talk about context. And I'm not saying I, I want to put context with Second Timothy four five. I'm gonna I'm gonna read one through eight, four okay. one through eight. Um, it says, "I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort, with all long sufferings and teachings." For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. And we have the famous word from Paul here. I have fought the fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I, I love I love that it, it says do the work of an evangelist. Equip those around us. I I hope that that's what we're doing here. Yeah. But we're not only to do that here. We're to do that everywhere we go in everything we do. It I, it it used the word everywhere and everything more than one time in this passage. Yeah. You just used the word everything just a minute yeah. ago. It's it's it's, it's, it's a, there's no extra words in the word of God. Every word is put there for a, a reason. And do the work in a, of an evangelist always and in everything you do. That's very very clear and very explicit. And I just I I love I love that set of verses because that's my hope is that I can get to the end of my life and say. I fought the good fight. I finished the race, and be not boastful, but a hope that I've done everything God called me to do. Do I fail? Yes. Do I get back up and dust myself off and go again? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what we're to do every day. And if you do that, 
and, and you have struggled with depression in the past, if you do that and you hold on to that hope, if you hold on to the old rugged cross, depression will leave. Yeah. Because it, it can't coexist. Hope and depression can't, they can't coexist. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I love, I love that set of verses. Yeah. I do too. And I think, I think about it from this standpoint. He, he, the words that he uses in there, when he says at the end, the end of that thing, he says, I fought the good fight. Well, what is the word fought? Mm-hmm. It's a verb. It's doing. Action. It's action. We're not sitting on the porch. There is no sitting on the porch just rain, you know, letting God rain his blessings on us. The idea is we're out there doing stuff for him. Um, and that when we are his and when we're focused on this hope that we have and finishing the way that Paul finished, we're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're being active in making evangelists and doing all the things that he's, that he's talking about here. These are all verbs he's talking about. So, and I mean, think about, and this is just hitting me as you say that, think about the, the illustration of I fought the good fight. If you're, a, if you're a boxer, to win the fight, you don't come out unscathed. That's right. You get beat up. You get bloody. You get knocked down. You get back up. To, to win a race, you, it's painful. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the Bible is full of these illustrations of this is not going to be easy. No. But it's going to be worth it. There's a crown waiting for you in heaven. And it's just... It's it kind of gives you cold chills. Yeah. To to think about, and that's why there that's why the hope is there. We yeah. we know it's at the finish line. We know there's that prize. We just got to keep getting back up and dusting ourselves off and and going back in for another round. It's a great picture. A question: Where are you at with the turnover in your Christian run? <laughs> I said good and getting better. Um, you know, I'm, I'm amazed the way God works on us so consistently and in such small increments. You know, how over time, you know, I look back at 10 years ago mm. and I realize that over those 10 years, there's so many things that God has just chiseled away, all those rough edges on me. And I, there's a lot more rough edges to chisel. <laughs> but, but, just, but understanding where I was 10 years ago and where I am today in my Christian walk, in my faith journey, in the things that I, I try to do, as we just talked about with all those those active things, I look at the guy 10 years ago, I don't hardly recognize him, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just so cool to see the way God will work on us. So it's great to have that revelation. It's great for you to change from one day to the next. That's awesome. There's a lot of those stories out there. But these little incremental changes mm-hmm. are just as important and just as incredible, too, mm-hmm. I think. I think. <clears throat> yeah, so <coughs> having a hard time here. I have been, if I sound congested on here, well, I am. Uh, having, I'm a little nasally. It's that time of year. Yeah, I'm, I'm it, the same way right that now. that time of year. Um, I don't have the COVID. So. Don't have the COVID. That's good. <laughs> Neither do I. Yeah. But if you hear me cough, it's not the COVID. It's, <laughs> it's allergies and sinuses right now. Uh, Second question, what keeps you from not taking matters into your own hands and turning them over to God? Patience. And he's <laughs> working on me. He's, that's a, I'm a work in progress there. But, yeah, usually if I will just – I had a situation yesterday on, on a job I'm working on, 
and a, and a neighbor that's that's a little bit upset with us right now that and, and we did we got some some muddy water over on their property from this recent monsoon that came through down through here and you talk about the the man you were 10 years ago versus now i i would have handled that very differently 10 years ago but i i i actually empathized i actually understood i understood why they were upset we're going to make it right but and, and they were upset and but god has worked on me through the years so that i just i, I stop and i think about it and i put myself in their shoes that's probably the biggest thing in this situation because I would have not been happy if if what have happened happened. So it's patience. It's just stopping and thinking before reacting, and um, and not taking matters into your own hands. You know, asking God for His guidance, and it will always be the right guidance. But we talk about it all the time. We we want to take things in our own hands. We want to get it done quicker. We want to help God out in air quotes, and it always turns out bad. Yeah, it always turns out bad. But again, the idea here is we're talking about when we say taking things into our own hands, you're kind of referring to doing things my way. Right. There's still action required from absolutely. Us. Just like you had to go out there and you had to talk with those people. Right. Either way, there's something. But but the way that you handle it, whether you handle it God's way or your way, <laughs> your old way. Right. You know, it, are two different things. But when you let the Spirit of God guide your action yeah i mean by the, the by the time we got done with that meeting we were shaking hands and everybody was happy and it was it was and and and, and people in the in society today might say that that's weakness but it's not mm. it <laughs> it's the opposite it, it's the opposite it, it takes strength and restraint that can only be provided by god because that is not in my nature yeah. To do that, but it it always it's it it always turns out better when you when you listen to God's prompting and not yeah. your own hot headed inner being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I not I keep beating this drum, but I, I think sometimes there's a serious misconception in the Christian well in the non Christian community that Christians are all sitting back. Mm. And just hope, and, and you know, and, and God's going to do things magically, but God ain't washing the dishes for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. He He tells us very literally in Second Thessalonians that if you, if you don't work, you don't eat. You right. shouldn't eat. You know, and and um, that it's very clear that that we have to take action, and and um, and we ha- it's important that people outside the Christian community see that too. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times when I used to be in industry. There was somebody every plant that I ever went to, who was known as the the almost like the church lady on Saturday Night Live. You remember that? <laughs> you, you you know they all, they were always preaching at people, right. but they weren't busy doing their job. Right, and they made the rest of us kind of look bad because right. it's like they were so focused on on preaching that they weren't doing their job. Well, you know what? We need to be doing both, right. and doing that job is a basic thing that you got to do. What is it, the, the quote that's attributed to Francis of Assisi, but we come to find out that that may not be right. But anyway, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. That yeah. is, you know, I, I think there's a few flaws in that because I, I do think we need to use words, but the but the premise behind it is, is rock solid. Yeah. If your actions aren't um, 
if your actions aren't leading your words, so many times we like to lead with our words and yeah. not really worry about our actions. Our actions have to lead our words. That's a great way to say it. Um, because if if our actions don't line up with our words, people aren't going to listen. That's right. In fact, we're going to turn people away. Yep. Um, so our actions, love, compassion. You know, I went out to that meeting yesterday with the with the neighbor that was upset, and I had to run for God's shirt on. If if I would have been the hothead that I used to have been, I, I would have hurt my witness. I would have destroyed yeah. my testimony. Um, so we have to lead with our actions yeah. and let our words follow. Well said. Starting today, how can your faith change from a cul-de-sac to a conduit? I've never heard this analogy, but I love it. <laughs> I haven't either, but I do too. Uh, of course, we hope that's what we're doing with this podcast, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, you know, our church, for example, we, we've been really – involved in the community lately you know i li- you know where i live mm-hmm. it's in a very very small town there's less than a thousand people in Cahutta. but it's the c- center of the universe but it is the center of the universe yeah. that is correct you'll have a sign that says that that's right that's yeah. right um yes so you know we have this cruise in where a bunch of people come into town we've got you know we had this restaurant it, which is just flabbergasted everybody yeah we put this <laughs> yeah. restaurant in Cahutta, and everybody's like mm, i don't know that's about not that. gonna work that thing is crowded all the time. Yeah. I mean, people are coming in. And so we have this – and and our church is a, is a rock throw away from it. Yeah. Right? So we've got this opportunity to be out in the community and to do things. And uh, we're, we're taking that opportunity to share Jesus with folks around us. Um, it's, it's pretty awesome um, to be able to do that. And that's kind of how we're trying to be that conduit right. into our community. Uh, yeah. I mean, one, not many people at one time thought about putting running and faith together. But God put that in your heart. He did. And uh, that's been a conduit to a it, lot of people. It has. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. Yep, yep. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we're back. And so we had a hurricane blow through recently, right? We've actually had two. Not really a hurricane, but kind of the remnants, I guess, here. But it got really windy and some trees, topside of trees. and It's um, funny how you can see those bands coming through, isn't it? Where it'll get crazy windy for like five minutes. Yeah. That band goes through, and then it's 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 calm. calm. Yeah, Yeah. but just enough time to to knock topside of trees and (laughs) make your yard a mess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a high school practice while this thing was coming through, and, and uh, um, the, one of the, the one of the early downpours mm-hmm. that happened, and the high, they got through just in time. It was perfect, except that we had a few people took a little bit longer on their cool down than than everybody else, and just came in just soaking wet. And one of those was Karen. You know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Um, and she came in with the biggest grin. I on I was going to say, face. I bet she was smiling the whole oh, time. Oh my gosh. I, I tell you a little bit about Karen. For those of you out there listening, this is an awesome story. So we had somebody who reached out to me from, through, from one of our Run Club members and reached out to me and said, I've got this GPS watch that I'm, I'm going to get rid of, 
and do you know anybody who could use it? Mm. Well, the the person who came to my mind was Karen because she Karen lives in a group home mm-hmm. um, with some other teenagers, and uh, she just just to give you an idea of, of who Karen is and her circumstances. Karen just got her own room for the first time in her life just this a, a month ago. Mm. Um, and so she's getting a little bit of independence and things, and she's so thankful for everything. Mm-hmm. She got that watch, and you would have thought I just gave her a gold bar. Yeah, and she did. And she's not very fast, but she runs crazy hard yeah. all the time. She does everything we ask her to do. And uh, she got that watch, and she wanted the contact information for the person who gave her the watch because she wanted to text them and let them know how oh much really i didn't know that part yes wow yeah. that's pretty cool it, it is and so they texted back and forth a little bit wow and so uh yeah so yeah I, I just love people like like karen yeah gosh she's so such a good girl yeah Landon hasn't been able to be at high school practice very much because he's on his second quarantine uh <laughs> he has now been out of school more than he's been in school so uh, i asked him the other day i said you're doing this on purpose are you intentionally going around somebody's got COVID so you can get out for 10 days? But, uh, yeah, hopefully, gosh, hopefully this virus will get gone. It can't get gone quick enough. Yeah, I heard, I heard about a doctor the other day who said he thinks it's going to take two and a half years. I so hope uh, I hope he's wrong. Of course, yeah. we're, what, a year and a half into it. We are. So. We are. All right, it's time for Dean's Thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this week, the story is called, They Aren't Going Away. (laughs) You may have heard about the guy who had read multiple stories about how sugar is bad for you. He had seen it so much that he made a tough decision as the new year approached. As a New Year's resolution, he decided that he would give up reading to ensure those articles didn't make him feel bad. (laughs) That's a funny joke. But I've seen a lot of people actually use that form of logic for real issues. Many people, even when faced with the truth, will just ignore the truth to ensure it doesn't make them feel bad. The difference is, that's not a joke in that case. I bet you're thinking, can you give me an example? Well, how about the person who worries about drinking Diet Coke when they have no worries about drinking a huge cup of coffee that's more creamer and sugar than it is coffee? Why? Well, it's easier to give up Diet Coke than coffee, so we ignore the fact that the coffee in that form is even worse than the Diet Coke. And we do the same thing with food. Or how about the person who has been to physical therapy over a calf issue, for example? The therapist has told them to do four exercises and the problem will subside. Yet they go home, maybe do the exercises for a couple of days, and then fall right back into the same old routine. That is similar to the guy who decided to stop reading because he didn't want bad news. We know what to do, but we don't do it because it's inconvenient. And we like not doing the exercises. It is more comfortable. I'll go one step further and say that we will often not only ignore what we don't want to hear, but we'll magnify the things we want to hear or believe. I don't know how many runners I've heard blame their poor performance on being dehydrated, most of the time for short races like a 5K. The trouble with that is that we know, based on multiple studies, that the most dehydrated people in a race are typically the leaders of the race. It didn't affect their performance. 
We ignore the studies and listen to the many voices that tell us that if you don't drink your 100 ounces of water a day, you can't run well. The evidence is pretty stark, but we choose to hear what we want to hear because it gives us an excuse. Maybe worst of all is the person who just doesn't believe it at all. The person in the example could simply deny uh, all that he reads about sugar. It's like saying, yeah, I know there are a hundred studies out there that show that sugar is bad for you, but I just don't believe them. Sugar doesn't bother me. We see it all the time. As a matter of fact, I was one of those guys for years. I ate many a Crystal Burger, not only denying that they weren't good for me, but telling everyone that they helped me run faster. Then there are running-related things. For example, we know we'll get stronger if we run more mileage. But we let, a, we let a lot of things get in the way of executing what we know works. Or how about, we know it's often our brain that gets in the way of our performance, yet we don't really work to train our brains. There are many more examples. The bottom line is that, like the guy who decided to stop reading, we think we're being clever by avoiding or ignoring the obvious things staring us in the face. The problem is that the truth is still there. Sugar is still bad for the guy who doesn't want to hear about it, and those things you're ignoring aren't going away either. Another thing we like to pick and choose is what scripture we think is important. I have regular discussions with people about how one sin is worse than another. We like to pick the sins that don't apply to us and talk about how bad it is that other people commit those particular sins. Meanwhile, last I checked, gluttony is still alive and well, sometimes even in the church. It never does us any good to look the other way, whether it is about what we eat, how we run, or how we follow Jesus. The studies that show us that right foods to eat and for the right the studies that show us the right foods to eat and the right way to train were done for the express purpose of helping us make better decisions. It seems a shame to ignore the work those people's those people did, doesn't it? And the Bible has been given to us for a reason. It's the word of God. It seems a shame to pick and choose what we pay attention to, doesn't it? Don't quit reading about sugar. Modify your sugar intake instead. Do the right thing. In the end, you'll be both happier and more successful. <laughs> I like that, Dean. <laughs> Ignoring problems. They never go away, do they? They don't, and they'll always, re- they'll always poke their head back up. You yeah. can push them down, push them down, but they're going to – it's best just to deal. Deal with them. Yeah. Yeah, and then a lot of times we don't feel a problem. Right. I mentioned my diet and, and, and my, my attitude about my diet. Um, you know, I, I ignored it because I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. I was still running. I was still mm-hmm. doing okay. But I could do better if I did the right thing. Yeah, I mean, we, we've said it before, and, and we've, we've talked to this to, our, to the, the athletes in the past, the athletes that we've coached, is, you know, there's nothing wrong with – Whatever that is that you want to eat, you know, if it's whatever it is. Yeah. Let's, let's say it's, somebody asked me the other day, I think it was Angie Hawkins. She was in town and, and she asked, why do you always talk about chocolate cake? Well, I'm bringing up chocolate cake again. <laughs> and I don't even really like chocolate cake. I like Reese's peanut butter cups. So, <laughs> so we'll use Reese's peanut butter cups, Angie. Um, but there's nothing wrong or nothing bad or nothing inherently evil about eating a Reese's peanut butter cup. But the problem is when you say that Reese's peanut butter cup, that's not bad for me. Well, you need to acknowledge that it's 
not the best for you. You need to acknowledge the next day when you don't feel good on your run and you had 14 Reese's Peanut Butter Cups the night before. This is what we always tell these kids. It's We're not saying don't have it. We're saying acknowledge that it's bad and understand when it starts affecting you what it was that affected you. That, that's where people go off the rails is they say, they're, they, they're in a state of denial. These kids will say, no, it wasn't the pizza and the Coke and hot dogs on the night before. I'm just not feeling it today. No, it was the pizza and hot dogs and Coke you had the <laughs> night before and staying up till 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. We're, many of these things we're not saying don't do. We're saying yeah. understand that they do affect you and you need to acknowledge that. Well, and another issue these days is there's so much misleading information out there, right? right. And and it's getting worse mm-hmm. in society in general. And I'll, I'll use one example. And there's going to be people out there who are going to completely deny this, regardless of the fact I'm going to I'm going to say this, because this is a controversial uh, topic. GMOs is a, is an example where there are people out there who believe that GMOs are killing people, literally killing people. Mm-hmm. And they've done, they did a study that was so extensive. There were literally millions of, of samples, uh, po- uh, data points in this particular study. Largest study ever done. And they found there is no difference between genetically modified food and regular food. And yet, people out there are still, people are listening to me right now saying, you are crazy, you're out of your mind, you're, whatever. The, that's what the study shows. Okay, So people are are going crazy at, at very minimum there is very little difference mm-hmm. let's let's say that but what happens is and this is my my feeling is the evil one is trying to obfuscate everything in society he wants us all confused about all the things that we do mm-hmm. so that we can spend our time arguing with each other about it and i think it's a shame well and you're letting him divide us like that yeah and, but this is this is the one that that gets me the most because I fight this battle with my kids a lot. Um, everybody is endorsing something nowadays. Yeah, every athlete is endorsing something, whether they believe in it or not, and that's probably heresy to say that. But you've always got to look. You know, my kids will come to me and they'll say, "I need this and this and this because it does this, this, and this," and I'm like. I don't think it really works that way. Well, yeah, such and such is using it. And I'm like, they're paying that person to (laughs) say those things. And my mind goes back probably to the the first time this really got put on the – it was obvious that this kind of thing goes on was when – do you remember when Oprah Winfrey was – she was – doing an endorsement for Apple iPad. She was she was a paid spokesperson for Apple. And she did some kind of she put some kind of it was maybe on social media or I don't remember what it was, but it said when she posted it, it said posted from I I don't know. I don't know what the other devices are. Is it like a the Android. Yeah, Samsung Galaxy stuff. But it said posted by, she was using a Samsung device, posting an ad <laughs> about Apple products. Yeah. And it was just, it kind of tore the veil off that she's being paid, and I ultimately think they dropped her 
rightfully so, yeah. as a paid spokesperson. But you, you, I, so many young people, and I'm the biggest skeptic with this kind of stuff because I just I can see yeah. through it. But so many young people, especially, they're like, well, if if whatever, I'm not going to throw any names because I don't want to offend anybody. I don't know who does what, but you see it a lot that this this public figure says do this because it will do this you got to take that with a grain of salt um because a lot of times it's just not and especially these these uh nutrition products and oh yeah all these i mean we talked about this the other day where i'm not going to say the company that that lane uses some of their products but it costs twice as much and you can go get the walmart brand that's yeah. probably the same exact active ingredients, but this person doesn't endorse it. So yeah. it makes it's got to make it somehow better when it in reality it's not. Yeah. So it's hard to say this thing without actually saying the company, but I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to get lawsuit papers sent our way for, well, for defamation sure. of character or something. But you see it all the time. Yeah, for sure. You see, I, if you've ever bought a as seen on TV product. You you know what we're talking about here because you see these commercials on television where this product it's amazing it's right. like a miracle the way this works and then you you buy it you get it home or you you know you do the mail order thing we used to do years ago and you get it home and you're like yeah this isn't what uh, I thought it was but that's where a lot of our paid endorsements are nowadays it's yeah. it's as seen on TV yeah top yeah and, and I'm not throwing a blanket. No, because some of those products are really good products. Absolutely. Some of them are 100% Absolutely. completely legitimate. But when you can but, take two products and hold them up, especially when you're talking nutrition stuff, and the active ingredients are exactly the same, yeah. but one has a $5 million marketing budget and one is just sitting on the shelf at Walmart, <laughs> you got to start asking questions. They they have to pay those athletes and endorsers somehow. Yeah. And that's how is they yeah. just increase the price, which which is okay. I mean, there's not. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That is surely that is capitalism at its core. But but we need to go in with eyes wide open, yeah. like your story talks about. We, yeah. if long as we acknowledge it, then there's nothing wrong with it. But yeah. don't say this one is better than this one, and argue with me when I show you the labels. Yeah, they're exactly the same. Well, no, that's that's what we usually that's what we get into in society is. And then people start fighting about it. Yeah. And you're like, just read the label. Just read the label. Well, I think what I think is funny is how it depends on what it is, right? Yeah. As to whether or not my wife, she loves black eyed peas. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you love black eyed peas too. Mm -hmm. I don't like them at all. But I'll eat almost any other pea or bean. Black eyed peas, I don't. Anyway, she eats these, but she wants one particular brand Mm because that one particular brand. To her is better than any others. Now it probably does taste a little bit different, and it probably does taste better to her than others. And you know what? She can afford to pay for that brand, right. and so it's okay. Um, it's perfectly. Now we buy a lot of other stuff that's a generic brand, mm-hmm. and it just depends on, on your preference. So right. if you want, if you want the more expensive stuff, because what, whatever, however, but don't fool yourself into. That's bl- all I'm saying. Yeah, and the other thing is, is don't. This whole idea these days of we're always in two camps. 
in this country about everything. Mm-hmm. There's there's me against you in every single subject. It's food, it's politics, it's church, it's everything you can think of. There's me against you. We have to take a side right. on everything. We can't say, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to inflame anybody here. But we can't just say, "Well, if you want to wear a mask, then you should wear a mask." No, it's we've got to be extreme on one side or the other. I'm never wearing a mask because that's anti-American. Or if you don't wear a mask, you're trying to kill me. Well, neither one of those is accurate. Exactly. And that's where we need to be somewhere. And, and we're going to park that right there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Close the garage door. <laughs> If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You. Yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, so we're back, and we're going to beat this drum one more time. The Coach the Couch to Marathon Challenge Challenge. That's a mouthful. Get on board. We're going to get that down. Get on board. Keep praying about it. If you've got peace about it, take action. Go to the, go sign in to Run for God Run Club. Click on the coaching tab and you'll find out all the details. It's all up there now. The whole schedule for all of next year. Buy the 5K Challenge Instructor's Kit. You can you can buy it or not buy it. You don't have to have it. That's the beauty of the way we're doing this now. Is Now, it, it may make it easier, and we I think we're offering it like at half price if you're a member of Run Club, so it's, it's affordable. Um, but go ahead and start planning right now. It's not too early to start planning for this, and we're going to hit the ground running literally in January. Neat. It's going to be fun. How about some headlines from the running world? This is this is big news. The ultra world better watch out, because here's a quote: After leaving the marathon, I want to run the ultra marathons just to feel how it is. Running for more than four or five days, or even run it once for seventy kilometers, I really want to feel the pain of running for a long time. And that's from Elliot Kipchoge, the man, the 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 guy who is the he's he's the goat. I will the guarantee you that ultra runners all across this globe sat up straight in their chairs yes when they heard that quote <laughs> guarantee you yeah yeah that's uh and you know that one of the things about this quote that i really love is this is what a lot of recreational runners don't understand right. about the elite athlete he says he wants to feel the pain of running for a long time that it's all about embracing that sure. pain and that uncomfortableness and the truth is is many people don't have any desire to embrace that pain, um, and it, you know all this goes back to the importance of your mind and how you think about things. Sure. Now, am I saying everybody should want to push themselves as hard? No, no, no that's no not way. what I'm saying. No, um, but this is going to change the ultra world. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it is. And another one from the ultra world. Since we're on ultras, 
Alexander Sorokin ran a 24-hour world record. He ran 192-plus miles in 24 hours. That's a 7.29 pace for 24 hours. That is, that's beyond anything I can imagine. I, I've paced marathons at a 7.26 pace. That's 3.15 pace for a marathon. And that's pretty quick. I mean, I've got to, I got to stay on it. I mean, I can do it, but I got to stay on it to, to get there. And I'm a pretty good runner. This guy's doing basically that same pace for 24 hours. I mean, it's it's like, what 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 is it? It's over six marathons, over six seven times. marathons, right? <laughs> it's incredible. It's hard to even think about. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, I, I just don't see how it's possible. Um, but at the same time, what you see about ultra marathons is there seems to be a lot of room for improvement because the best athletes don't typically get into ultra marathon a lot of times because um with the tides changing it, because it's a fairly new sport it's a lot like triathlon yeah you know triathlon improved has improved a lot yeah in the last 20 years because you know it was around for 20 years and and people were dabbling and it was a recreational and a fun thing to do and then and then people got serious about it and now so you see all these records falling and going so far right i think that's where we are with the ultra too yeah so we'll see it'll be interesting to watch Trivia question for this week. What is what interesting race is held at Frozen Head State Park near Wartburg, Tennessee? And why is that race interesting? How have I never heard of this race? If you haven't heard of yeah, you should have heard of this one for sure. Um, you probably have. You just don't you may not realize it's held in Tennessee. Hmm. But okay. it's uh yeah, it's a big it's a big deal. Um so if you know the answer, yeah, Dean at runforgod.com, you have to send an email with the correct answer and your t-shirt size, and you'll get one of the world-renowned greatest club boxes you could ever buy, and it's the Run For God Run Club box. That's right. It comes with a t-shirt, a coffee mug, copy of Devotions, bumper sticker, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. So be the first one. Don't send it to customer service. Don't send it to Facebook Messenger. It has to go to Dean at RunForGod.com. Be the first one with the answer to the question and your size, and we'll ship you out a brand-new box. Boom. We'll send it right to you. All right, every week I share a reason why running is so awesome, and here's why it is running so why running is so awesome this week. Fewer cancellations. <laughs> you know, a lot of outdoor sports, are, are they're canceled if it's raining or snowing. I thought about this this week. Because or it may rain, or it may yeah, snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At our uh, at our college, they they had to postpone a, a soccer game. We were supposed to do a, a ceremony at the halftime of the soccer game and or be part of it, and we couldn't do that because they had to postpone it because it was going to rain. Well, if there was a cross country race that day, we'd have had that. Cross did it rain? Race. It did rain. That's the funniest ones is where they cancel yeah. something because it's going <laughs> to rain or it's going to snow, and then it winds up being beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, really? Yeah, yeah. But nobody's playing baseball in the snow. Uh, but they're running in the snow. Absolutely. Nobody's playing basketball out in the rain outside, but they're running in the rain, right? Um, we'll do stuff outside and in weather, and we won't cancel things as often as other sports will. So there you go. Motivational thought of the week. Our running shoes have magic in them, the power to transform a bad day into a good day. 
frustration into speed, self-doubt into confidence, chocolate cake into muscle. <laughs> There's that chocolate cake again. <laughs> Angie's rolling her eyes. I know she is. Yeah. That comes from Mina Samuels, who uh, is an author. She's not, not a non-Christian author, but uh, but the quote is a really good one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, running shoes are great, right? Yeah. There's nothing like new shoe day. There's not. I actually, this morning, I pulled, I've got a new pair of shoes, and I pulled them out of the box, and I put them back in the box. I was like, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to wear them yet. Uh, I was trying to. You're very ceremonial about your shoes, don't you? Yeah, I am. I am. I am. Yeah, my problem with my shoes, and this is probably, this is one of those TMI things. The problem with my shoes in the summertime is, they get to smelling so bad. Yeah. And, uh, you you want to replace your shoes before you really need to because they just smell bad. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So, smell I smell like my 18 year old's truck right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, he goes to run early in the morning at college and he throws everything in his truck and. And then hangs out at college all day, probably. It is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And his truck's out in the sun and. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I terrible. know what that smell is. Terrible. I, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. You're doing great. Keep it up. And uh, keep putting one foot in front of the other. And may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.